Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Galatians, chapter 4. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You see, we don't, we don't want to go through anything to be like God. When in fact, if you're going to be like Jesus, here's Christianity 101. If you're going to be like Jesus, you're going to have to go through something. And when you come out on the other side, you've grown up, you've been purified, you've been made whole, you've been blessed, you have learned, you have matured. And you're more like Jesus. And the very thing that you prayed for is the very thing that you got. But the very thing that you didn't know, you were going to get the thing that you got and how you were going to get it. God wants to do a work in your life and God wants to, to, to make, you, make you more like him. And Paul says, listen, I'm not afraid to set myself up as an example. Point number two, listen, we got to move on. A true minister shares the gospel despite infirmity. Would you just kind of peruse, if you will, verses 13, 14, and 15? Paul says, you know that because of physical infirmity, I preach the gospel. Now, what was the physical infirmity, Rodney? Well, I don't know. Listen to this. Some scholars believe that Paul suffered with depression. Did you know that? And some scholars believe that Paul suffered with epilepsy. And some believe that Paul's physical infirmity had to do with a malaria problem, which is very likely because Paul had gotten this problem, could have gotten this problem from the lowlands in the region of Pamphylia in the city of Pergama, which we will find malaria is very common in that area. I want you to take a look at verse 14, as Paul says, even with this trial, they did not reject him, but they embraced him. And if it were possible, Paul says, they would have plucked out their own eyes and given them to him. Now, listen, give me your attention. Look at me. Because of that statement, most scholars believe that Paul had a problem with his eyes that maybe he had runny eyes or constant infection in his eyes because of this statement, hey, if you guys embrace me and if it were possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Paul had runny eyes. You know, we think of Paul the Apostle, people think of Paul the Apostle as this nice looking tall guy, you know, great orator, you know, nice pecs, nice, you know... Nice, nice everything. You know, we think, people think that Paul was like that kind of guy. When in fact, history tells us, scholars tell us, Paul wasn't like that at all. Paul was like this short, scrawny kind of guy. He had a bald head and I sound like I'm describing myself here. I mean, (laughs) no, Paul was really nice looking and just a lovely guy. And, 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 and actually, you know, and, and they believe he had like little sprouts of 
hair and a hooked nose, runny eyes. This is what the history tells us Paul would have looked like. And so we think, you know, Paul looks like this kind of guy when Paul is the kind of guy who would walk right by you in the church and you would not know that was Paul the apostle, the greatest disciple, the greatest apostle who ever lived. Paul could walk right by you and you would never think, hey, that is the guy that I am reading two thirds of the New Testament. And by what he teaches and by what he says, I am trying to live my life, of course, with what Jesus says, but with what he teaches in this New Testament. You would never, ever know that because of the way he looked, because man judges the outward, but God looks at the. Huh. And we're looking at Paul going, oh, I, it can't be him. I mean, that guy, God can't use him. I mean, look, look at him, look at him. And in fact, that's the man God used. So Paul had these runny eyes, and many Bible scholars believe that these runny eyes is constant infection in his eyes, is constant infirmity in his flesh. You know, when he talks about 2 Corinthians 12, where Paul talks about a messenger of Satan was sent to buffet me and there was an infirmity in my flesh. Many Bible scholars believe this infirmity had to do with his runny eyes. And he's telling these Galatians that at first they received him and they embraced him. And if it were possible, they would have plucked out their own eyes and given them to him. Now, listen, even if they plucked out an eye and gave it to Paul, this is a gift that no one can use. But the point is, listen, they were ready to do anything for Paul. Now, side note here, for those of you who don't believe that God can use sickness for his glory, listen to, are you listening to Paul? For those of you who don't believe that God can use sickness, I said, God can use sickness for his glory. He will use it for his glory and for your good. Remember that. His glory, your good. His glory, your good. You listen to what Paul is saying here. Well, there are people who will tell you that you should never be sick because if you are sick, then there must be sin in your life. And Paul says, you know how because of the physical infirmity that I preach the gospel at first. In other words, through the intermediate agency of illness, I came to you. Paul isn't saying I came to preach the gospel to you despite the fact that I was sick. That's not what he's saying. He's saying through my illness, I came and I preached. In other words, saints, watch this, listen to this. Because of this infirmity that God allowed in my life, Paul is saying, churches were birthed and blessed in Galatia. Paul is saying, because of the sickness that God allowed in my life, churches were birthed in Galatia. And I can't help but read that and understand that and think of Banu Pradesh. He has HIV, I told you, at the Freedom Foundation, actually in the city of Balaram, India. Banu was abandoned at the age of about six months, they believe. He was taken to a home. About a year and a half later, they realized he had HIV. They put him back on the corner. Again, 1.2 million children on the corners, on the streets, with HIV, sicknesses, diseases, impotent, lame, you name it, that's what they have in India. So a year and a half later, 
Banu's back out on the street. Someone finds him again. This time, he's about two years old, and they take him to the Freedom Foundation. Banu is probably about 10 or 11. He's about 10 or 11 right now. And when he um, got to the Freedom Foundation, they, they began to care for him and to give him medicines. The first time I went to India, which was now many years ago, I, uh, I think I've told you this before, I, I did not like India at all. I, I was there for one week and I'm thinking, what am I doing in this God-forsaken place? I need to get out of here. And so I'm counting the days. I got to get out of here. I have got to get out of here. Until we went to the Freedom Foundation. Now, we're going to the Freedom Foundation, which is an HIV orphanage for children. I know that we're going to visit some children, and so I decided to take a gift. So I purchased a multicolored turkey beanie baby. And so I go to the Freedom Foundation with a bunch of other people. I've got this multicolored turkey beanie baby. I walk into the foundation, and I see this little boy sitting in the chair. And he had on a multicolored shirt, the same colors that was in the turkey beanie baby. And I thought, God thing, God thing, I'm supposed to give this to him. So I walk up to him and I, hey, here, I give him the turkey beanie baby. He takes it. And I look into this boy's eyes and his eyes or at that time were as big as like 50 cent pieces. They were huge. And the darkest, he's the fattest little chunky monkey. You could just eat him up. I mean, he was the cutest little boy you ever seen in your life. And I picked him up, and I haven't put him down since. It's been seven years now. So I picked him up, and I smelled something, foul odor. And I noticed a piece of cotton in his ear. I said to the caretaker, I said, what's this smell coming from him? She said he has HIV, and it's affecting his brain stem, and there's infection coming out of his ear area because of the HIV. And I, I remember uh, my heart was just broken at that point, and I was holding him. I held him so long, as a matter of fact, I fell asleep. Someone took a picture, I have that picture in my office right now, of me holding him at that moment asleep. And he... Um, so at, at that point, you know, I knew that uh, my life changed. I think my life changed then. I think that was like a Mariah, what I like to call a Mariah moment. I'll explain that another time. A marked moment in my life when my life changed and I thought, I've got to come back. So I go back about a year later and that same little boy, the HIV, had literally eaten him alive. And so much so that I did not recognize him when I saw him. And they needed to prove to me that this was him because I, I could not believe it. And the only way that they were able to prove to me that that was, in fact, the little boy was that he had a scar under, he has a scar under his left eye. And when I looked at him, I thought, that's him. And ever since then, he has been very, very sick. And largely, um, my trips to India 
have also been, after going and meeting pastors and meeting people, and God began to give me visions and of things that we can do as a church to be able to be a blessing to the Freedom Foundation as well as to be a blessing to pastors and church leaders, God began to grow the ministry. And out of all of that, we come to 2008 where we had the National Pastors Conference, which I believe that that conference has shaken and rocked the very foundation of legalism in the nation of India. And all that happened out of sickness. Do you understand that God can use sickness for his glory? And don't let anybody tell you anything different. God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And who can know them? And what we're to do is to be obedient to God, to follow God, to do what God tells us to do and let the results be taken care of by him. And God will do great and awesome things. Who would have ever known that the day that I met that boy, that that boy's life was going to change the lives of thousands of people in India. Who would have known that? Can somebody clap their hands for the Lord? Who would have ever known that? Who would have ever thunk it? No one. And now, and now he's at the point where someday he may be looking at the Lord. And I would think at that point, then why he was here, that he did what God wanted him to do. And it's over. And he did what God wanted him to do. And it's okay. It's okay. God can use sickness. Paul says, listen, God used my infirmity, Paul says, to birth churches in the region of Galatia. Now, please, I don't want you to leave here and misunderstand what I'm saying. I do believe in supernatural healing. I have seen it. I believe in it. But I also think it's important for us to understand that God does not heal everyone in this life. And I also think it's important for us to understand that death is healing. Huh? Did you hear me? Death is healing. You know, we say, oh, God, please heal that person. Oh, God, please. I'll do anything for you. But heal him, Lord. And God says, okay, I'll heal him. I'll take him to be with me. And you go, wait a minute now. I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, I want you to heal him. Let him stay here with me. Well, God says, wait a minute now. The fact is God could heal that person now. They could continue to live. Do you realize that the average age for a man to live is 72? The average age for a woman to live is 76. So let's just say you live. Yeah, women live longer than men. That's because men work harder. And do you realize that men... (laughs) But do you realize that... (laughs) Dave, I need your help. And do you realize that, 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 that even if you live to your average age of 72, the reality is you gonna die. Because statistics prove that 100 out of every 100 people die. I didn't make this up, people. 
You're going to die. So the ultimate healing is to be in the presence of the Lord. As I told you on the phone, here is my prayer. I'll wait while you clap your hands. Yep, I will wait. Yep. As I told you on the phone, here is my prayer for Banu. Here's my prayer for those 27 children, 28 children at the Freedom Foundation. My prayer is that someday that they will be jumping and leaping and praising God. And if that means that they are jumping and leaping and praising God here on this earth, on the green grass that we put there, which is really, really nice right now, then great. And if that means that those 28 kids are jumping and leaping and praising God in the presence of God, then they have nice and grass in heaven. They call it streets of gold. So it's nicer. Either way, they are healed and Pastor Rodney's happy. That's all I want. So I believe in supernatural healing, but I don't believe that God heals everyone in this life. I think of the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda. Don't you know the story? Jesus comes and there are many people who are lame, many people who are impotent. And then Jesus walks up to one guy. Did you get that? Jesus walks up to one guy and he says, do you want to be healed? And the guy says, yeah, I've tried to get down to the pool while the waters were stirring, but I couldn't make it. People are running over me. I can't get there in time. And Jesus says, take up your bed and go. And he went and Jesus healed one man out of all of those sick and lame and impotent people. Jesus healed one man. You see, he didn't heal everyone. And I'll tell you, every time I have been sick, God has healed me every time. But there is going to come a time. I know that there's going to come a time where I'm going to get sick. And God is not going to heal me in this life. And I'm going to close my eyes in this world. And I'm going to close my eyes sick and I'm going to open my eyes in heaven and I'm going to be well. I understand that. And we as Christians have to understand that. You know, it was James Dobson. This is true. And I love this. James Dobson said this on his mother's tomb. This is a true story as I understand it. On his mother's tomb. Um, is engraved, inscribed these words. See, I told you I was sick. Okay. I liked it more than you did. (laughs) Point number three, a true minister, are you still tracking with me? A true minister speaks the truth in the face of rejection. Go ahead and look at it in verse 16. You see, there were many at first who received Paul but were now rejecting him. And the reason they were rejecting him is because they were buying into the Judaizers' heresy and thus they were spiritually defecting. And can I say as a pastor, there's nothing more heartbreaking than to see someone you have led to the Lord backslide or should I say front slide. What is front sliding? Front sliding is this. Some people you lead them to the Lord They have come to God by grace, for by grace are you saved through faith. They come to God by grace. They didn't do anything. They didn't deserve it. As a matter of fact, they were running from God, and God ran after them and found them, and God saved them. But then they begin the front slide because now they be, you know, now they start to think that they're holy. Now they start to think that they are more spiritual than somebody else. Then now they start to become a card-carrying member of the Deeper Life Club, and now they start to think, well, you know, I'm just a little bit deeper than, and I know the things, and I've, you know, and I've got a little, I've got insight and revelations from the Lord. 
And it, that's, that's front sliding. You're moving forward into Judaism. Uh, pardon me. In, yeah, into Judaism and legalism. Yes. You're moving forward into that. There's nothing more heartbreaking than to see someone to spiritually defect, if you will. These believers in Galatia once admired Paul, but now Paul was the enemy because he was preaching the truth and telling them the Judaizers were legalists. Point number four, we better move forward. A true minister doesn't serve himself in verse 17 and 18. Notice Paul says they zealously court you, but not for good. This word court, if you're taking notes, you write this down, it literally means it carries with it the idea of taking a serious interest in something. Like when a man was pursuing a woman and courting a woman. These Judaizers talk like they really care for you, but they don't have a genuine love or an interest in your welfare. And it's interesting. Did you know this? Many cults, get this, did you know this? Many cults have a technique that they call, have you ever heard this? Love bombing. B-O-M-B-I-N-G, love bombing, bombing. And what that means is they overwhelm a prospective member with attention and with support and with affection, but they're just trying to gain another member. These Judaizers was just trying to gain another member so they would court and exclude you. That means to lock you up so that you can be zealous for them. You see... Some people are like that in church today. They just simply want you to be zealous for them. Point number five, and finally, a true minister is in ministry in verse 19. Please look at it again. In verse 19, a true minister is in ministry for the long haul. My little children, are you looking at it? If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. My little children for whom I labor in birth, get this, Again, until Christ is formed in you. Paul likens himself to a mother who gave spiritual birth to these Galatians. But their situation made him feel as if he had to bring them to Jesus all over again. Notice he says, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Ladies, this one's for you. Ladies, this one's for you. How would you like to give birth to the same baby twice. Some of y'all going, uh-uh, no. But, but, but uh, would you like to get birth? No, you wouldn't. It was Bill Cosby <laughs> who was trying to explain to men what it feels like for a woman to give birth, what that feels like. And he says, it feels like um, you taking your bottom lip and just pulling it over the top of your head. That's what it feels like. Or it feels like you're, like, like, like you're passing a kidney stone. Well, how would you, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I have never met anyone who has passed a kidney stone who is looking forward to the next one to pass. <laughs> Paul says, you coming to Christ and spiritually defecting back to Judaism and legalism is like, I feel like I'm giving birth twice. Paul says, I've already given spiritual life to you. I've preached the gospel to you. I've delivered you from the rudiments of this world. I have set you free from death. And now I have to labor to see you set free from legalism. Paul says in verse 20, finally, I wish I could be there with you so you could see me face to face and hear the tone of my voice. I'm concerned about you, Paul says, and I'm in doubt about you. 
and I don't know where you stand. I can understand what Paul is saying here. I don't know where you stand. I don't even get it. Why would you go back? God has done so much. God has blessed you. God has set you free. Who has bewitched you? Oh, foolish. Oh, stupid. Oh, empty-headed. Oh, idiots. Galatians. Who has bewitched you that you should be so soon, so quickly, so easily removed from this great grace and this great gospel of Jesus Christ that was freely given to you? Paul says, I'm not getting you. I don't understand. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.